0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Boutique podcast. My name's JS. This guy on my, well, on your right, on my left, whatever mr at messiah complex cosplay what how you doing buddy
1: me uh
0: i'm doing great how are you doing good doing good we have a special guest with us tonight so mr jm clark podcaster host of the an elegant weapon how you doing bud
2: i'm doing great i'm so excited to be here fellas thanks for having me Oh, Take two, uh, buddy. Take two. Yeah. We thanks got you this time. Yeah. 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 This didn't turn into a round Robin, Matt Damon type thing. So we got, we got <laughs> it together, Damon. which is awesome.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Guys, if you are new to the podcast, well, first of all, thanks for checking us out. Make sure you give us a follow, especially if you're watching us here on Inst- uh, or not on Instagram. What am I saying here? On YouTube, give us a follow. Leave us a like. Guys, and the people that are watching, I know there's people watching because I can see there's people watching. Leave us some likes. That really helps grow the show here on YouTube. Subscription is always appreciated. It costs you nothing. Thanks for joining us. We've got a bunch of people already commenting here. Uh, We will start going through these comments. Uh, Mr. J, how about we start Hmm? with telling us, you know, the obligatory who you are, what you do, what's your shtick, you know,
2: give us your elevator sales pitch. Well, it began many years ago. (laughs) Um, In the
1: dark time. uh, Before the Empire. Okay,
2: well, yeah. I am the host of a podcast called An Elegant Weapon. Uh, This podcast is mainly centered around independent comic book creator interviews. That's the bulk of it. But I also have done a lot of panel moderation over the years. uh, And often those translate into episodes. So there's been a lot of also celebrity interviews and uh, live shows and things like that. So basically, it was back in 2011. Uh, I mean, me and my friend uh, Sean had already been going to Fan Expo for years, and uh, you know, podcasting was getting popular, and we were listening to all the big ones. You know, the Kevin Smiths, the Joe Rogans, the Adam Carollas, the Chris Hardwicks. You know, the whole big lineup way back in like 2009, 10. Mm-hmm i think kevin smith started in 07 or 08 and uh you know we were just big fans and all i ever heard was kevin smith rapping in my ear about how everybody should be doing this anybody can be doing this so why aren't you doing this and my buddy and i thought let's do this so one night he came over to my house uh we rolled up a giant spliff we (laughs) went down into my basement we hit record on the voice memos on my iPhone, which at the time was maybe an iPhone six or seven. And we recorded the very first episode of an elegant weapon. And 10 or almost 11 years later, uh, he unfortunately has passed on RIP and uh, to Sean, but he was a wonderful friend and co-host for years and uh i continued on uh this was about episode 70 that i went solo and now i'm at episode 423. Damn, so oh. yeah it's been a grand adventure you know traveling all over uh i'm also a canadian ops uh manager for source point press um which basically means you know when they come Sorry, here I'm set up and through source point source point press publishing oh, okay who is an independent publisher out of the Midwest, but uh, covers all across North America at this point. A lot of fine Canadian creators as well. So I had made friends with them years ago. So hooked up with them and with them and the show, I've just gotten to do so much traveling and had so many grand adventures over the past decade that it's, uh, it's amazing. All I did was hit record uh, and it led to some incredible things. So it's been cool.
0: So, why don't you get into a little of the type of stuff that your podcast covers and the type of guests that you have on? Tell us a little. Well, what it's
2: stories of an elegant weapon. It started out very conversationally. What it was was me and my buddy just just talking shit online and just you know talking about whatever. And at the time, Twitter had kind of just started a year or two before, and Twitter had gotten huge and we had made this very cool little community of comic book podcasters on Twitter. And this included like Drunk on Comics, uh, The Woomates, um, uh, Next Element podcast, just a lot of very cool up and coming podcasts from that time. Um, and remember like even though podcasting was exploding at the time, I mean there was like 3000 new shows a day at the time or something, it was still relatively new and relatively primitive and uh, it was a very simple process. It was mainly just people, you know, hitting record and talking with their friends. So that's what we did for a long time. Um, and then as we were going to conventions, it was more me than my co-host. But uh, I've always been fascinated with people and interested in people and always done a lot of kind of interviews and stuff. So uh, I thought I'd start interviewing people in Artist Alley. Um, so it really kind of grew from there that's when the show kind of caught on because it kind of became a show where the creators got to hear each other sharing their processes and their you know journeys and their ideas so that was one thing that I was really proud that the show became was kind of a hub for creators to get in contact with themselves and that pretty much continued on Um, then uh, one little cool story is 2015, I am in Pennsylvania. I'm in Philadelphia. And I'm at, sorry, I'm in Allentown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. And I'm at the great Allentown Comic Con. I was invited down there by a very good friend I'd made on Twitter, uh, Stan Kanopka, the writer of The Rejected, which is a fantastic book. He invited me to come down and hang out. So that's what I did. So I'm there. It's a very tiny little show. It's in this weird kind of flea market, like mall rats, flea market, barn type, like, like place. I don't even know what to call it. It was like an expo center, but not really a convention center. Like we'd think of it. There was like a wrestling museum upstairs and stuff. So I'm there and Michelle Nichols is the guest and she's about to do her panel. And they are literally about to send her out there all by herself. She's a 70-plus-year-old woman in a wheelchair, and she can't hear Jack. Like, she's completely deaf at this point. So I'm like, you can't send her out there alone. She won't even be able to hear the questions, never mind, like, know what's going on. So it was kind of a scramble, and my friend was like, screw it. You do it. And I was like, all right, I got this. So I went out there, and I did my very first celebrity panel ever my first live panel ever. And it happened to be Michelle Nichols, which is to this day, I still think absolutely insane.
1: Pretty good. we we'll start um, off with.
2: And, yeah. Right. And yep. I kept it very simple. Kinda you know, jealous, I just really. kind of, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it yeah. was, it was a very, it was like a magical kind of movie moment. You know, it really was, I just was right place, right time, right circumstances. And it just came down to the moment and saying, yes, that's why kids always say yes, if you can. Um, yeah, so went out there, kept it simple. Uh mostly I did a lot of just repeating to her the questions that the audience were answer- were asking, right? Just kind of moderating, doing what you're supposed to do. And it went wonderfully well. So after that, Michael Bean was gonna be up, uh, from Terminator and Aliens. And they were like, Well, can you do him too? And I was like, well, shit, Yeah, I can, right? Let's do this. And I I just ended up doing uh doing all the panels for the weekend so off of that show they decided to hire me as the panel coordinator for the great philadelphia comic-con which was a show that i got to work with for it's it's no longer running but i got to work with them for about five years so that was like the big thing that's that's the thing that came from podcasting where i was dealing with celebrities and not just like hosting them but organizing these panels and arranging you know their stays and just being a staff on a comic-con which just led to some crazy crazy panels I got to do and uh yeah so uh obviously then the pandemic hit things kind of slowed down there was no more traveling for me I took a few sabbaticals because I was off doing a lot of hiking and things so the show kind of dipped in and out over the pandemic but uh, then things cleared up. Uh, took some time, and here we are, rolling back, rolling hard, and rolling strong. And uh, that's basically the story behind an elegant weapon.
1: Why the name? What? Where did the name come from, Jay? I don't know if I've ever asked you. How many years have I known you? I've even been on the show, and I don't think I have asked. Because you where the it's name not
2: as from. it's not as clumsy or as random as a blaster. It's an elegant oh, weapon shit. for a more <laughs> civilized age. Oh, that totally makes sense See? now.
0: That's, and that's a, that's a pretty, this, that's a pretty
1: i know but that's a pretty great segue into what we're going to be talking about today yeah i you're watching us I, we
0: are going to be talking star wars today you haven't right. noticed yeah. jay has about <laughs> 20 000 lightsabers behind him back in star wars
2: there's 80 there's 86 all 86
0: oh you God. can't you can't
2: see them all but yeah i have, they, I have oh, two. Oh, my God. oh, that's nothing dropping ipads um the uh the name was uh, just—I always loved the phrase ever since I was a little kid. I thought it was yeah. the coolest way to describe the coolest weapon ever. And I knew from the second I started listening to podcasts, like there was never another option. It was yeah, always going to be I if know. I if I start a podcast, it's going to be called an elegant weapon. Okay. Like I didn't even like my my co-host didn't have a choice. I was like, no, this is
1: no, this is what we're calling it. And then my
2: co-host, being a smart ass at the time, was like, Well, we gotta letter the episodes then. Every episode's gotta be Roman numerals, just like Star Wars. Um, Which I was like, Oh, uh, hey, cool, awesome idea. Until, you know, 423 episodes later, when now certain episodes have had to be like C C D X X I I I V Q R. And I'm like, every episode now I've gotta like I've learned Roman numerals, like you can't believe, right? So, I kind I of mean, regret doing that, but now that I've started. Yeah. I can't you can't
1: stop start, now. So. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. I, I
0: am curious mm. what, mm. I mean, you've been podcasting. You said now for what, t- 10 years, 11 years. Oh uh, yeah. Almost 11. It'll be 11
2: years in next. No, wait, it was 11 years in September. Sorry. Yeah, I think. And 400 yeah. some
0: odd episodes. What's, what, I mean, I'd like to hear some of the lessons that you've learned over the year, of the years of podcasting, but what's been that one biggest lesson that's, not going to leave you ever after
2: 10 years of doing this. Take chances, Mm -hmm. take the risks, Um, say yes, go for it. The absolute worst thing that's ever going to happen to you is they're going to say no. And that's fine. So if you can get past that little ridiculous thing, but yeah, always say yes, always take the chance, always push for your dreams as cheesy as that sounds. I, uh, you know, it's been a a step-by-step baby process over 10 years to kind of get to a certain point, but it was only because I took those risks and I took shots and, uh, you know, I've sent emails that I didn't even, I've sent emails to people to get on the show that I didn't ever expect a response from, Never mind them actually coming on the show, which they eventually did like heroes of mine. That i never considered i'd get the chance to just have a one-on-one conversation with but i was like you know what screw it so I've, i shot out an email and you know what they said yes so just like as, as afraid as you are just go for it man and whatever it is you're doing just do it for the love of it um i think i've lasted because i love doing this i never wanted to make money i never have this still costs me money there's a lot of cool perks you know what i mean and uh it's it's neat that way um but yeah the things that have come out of this have been just they've been dreams come true things i would have never gotten to do had i not taken the shot so yeah that's the biggest lesson i've learned even if you're afraid take the shot worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no right and if you take that shot you end up with alice cooper on your show
1: Who's, yeah, your, I mean... who, who's your white whale though, Jay? Like who have you always wanted to have on the show and that you've never gotten a chance to to book or connect with or whatever? Like who's that one person that you're like, man, whatever, i would ever like to have them on the show.
2: Well, I'm on to the,
1: well, there's kind of two,
2: but they're two and three because I actually did snag my number one guest ever that I wanted. And that was one of the big shots I took. So my 300 episode was coming up. I was like, I got to do something big, right? I'm going to go for it. Who's your hero? Who's your ultimate podcasting man hero? Why? It's Ralph Garmin of Hollywood Babylon, K Rock, uh, one of Kevin Smith's hosts. Hollywood Babylon to me is the greatest piece of entertainment ever put together of any medium. It's a weekly, uh, you know, joy for me. And, uh, you know, and he's got his own show now, The Ralph Report. So, He had just gotten fired up. Yeah. So I, I, I just like huge, huge fan. So I said, fuck it. And I sent him an email. Um, and I just laid it out. I was like, Hey, huge fan, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's my 300th episode coming up. I was hoping you could spare maybe 10, 20 minutes. Just hop on, help me celebrate. And, uh, I got an email back like the next day. And it said, uh, all it said was let's do it. Perfect. And uh I got shaky. I got like giddy and shaky and sweaty and nervous and all that kind of crap. Did you get the reaction uh, I when he nervous. answered
0: back and said, Yeah,
2: sure, let's do it. Did you do the oh fuck, what did I do? <laughs> did you have that?
1: No. Like, oh shit, now I we're really doing didn't.
2: it. See, well, here's the weird thing is like I don't really have much of a nervous gene. Like I'm very like I've been acting and doing stuff like in front of people since I was like two years old. And I'm very comfortable in front of a crowd. I'm very uncomfortable in front of people, and uh, I think it—you know—it helps me do all this stuff. But I—I I feel as comfortable on stage as I do in front of like one or two people. Gee, like, I don't—I like? don't get that. It's—it's. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, no, I no, have no done dude. Sorry. Situation. I was being sarcastic. It I'm sorry. I'm. I'm the I get you. Way. I get you. Yeah. I no. apologize. I hear it. A- yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah. So. I Paul. got I really excited. I'm telling
0: but, you, you wonder why he people take shots at him. This
1: is yeah, why. So I, myself, you know? I, I, it's I okay. put myself I out there. That's why, dude. It. Of course, I put I've myself out there. I get it. Get
2: around again, right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta wrangle it up. I totally know. <laughs> Old habit. Um, so I get really excited, like not nervous at that moment. I just got stupid excited, and I was like jumping around the house. And I'm excited, and, you know. My kid, his mom, they're all excited for me. It's one of those moments. Then it came time to record. And I got everything set up and I'm sitting in my studio and it's like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to shoot him the Skype link, right? We're going to do it on Skype back then. And uh, I got so nervous, like a nervousness I've never felt before. My legs started shaking. My hands went like clammy and I got really thrown off. I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous as fuck. And that totally threw me. And I had to take a few minutes and just calm it out and breathe it out. And then I got on with him and I was nervous for maybe a minute tops. And all I had to do was start talking and him talking back. And the second the conversation started, that all went away. And uh, I was really proud of myself that it calmed out. I went right into it and he was going to give me like 10 minutes or something. And we ended up talking for like 40 minutes and just had the best conversation and then a little while later, he ended up coming to Forest City Comic-Con in London. Uh, you remember that, Jeff, yeah? I of course. Yeah, I think you were there. Yep. And uh, he was there live, so I got to meet him and interview him yet again for the podcast. So he's been on twice. So beyond that, of course, uh, I'd have to say Kevin Smith. Um Two episodes ago, I was lucky enough to get a 420 episode shout out from him for the show. Uh, But I'd still, of course, love to sit down and have an actual interview with him. Yeah, of course. Uh, And uh, Rob Paulson, who is the voice of uh, Mm -hmm. Yakko Werner and a couple of the Turtles. He's a I'm a big fan of his and his old podcast, too, because he was a big uh, proponent of voice acting and, you know, getting all the names out there as well so those two would be big ones for me but yeah after ralph garmin to be honest it's kind of like i'm willing to shoot for anything now you know what i mean like ralph garmin to me was such a get that like i'd shoot for tom cruise and not even bat an eye like that's how big that get was to me personally right so yeah really these days it's uh i'm just open and excited and uh it's cool because my two big goals were Ralph Garmin and hitting episode 420, which I've done both now. Yeah, perfect. So it's time to it's time to let some new goals kind of present themselves.
1: Yeah, of in course. The morning. Just don't retire, mm. that's all.
2: Mm. Never. Never. You can't you can't get rid of me.
1: <laughs> the podcast no. of awesome facial hair to boot. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that's nice. our boy Noah and he's got so a giant beard on him, so
2: I actually went back to basics because uh, like during the pandemic, I tried the whole Zoom thing, YouTube live thing, and which is great. And I watch these shows all the time. Um, but it just wasn't for me in the way that I had started doing this by wanting to have a conversation that was so real that I forgot we were recording. Yeah. That was always my goal. I always wanted to get so into talking to somebody about whatever it was, didn't matter, I, I always loved most when we forgot we were recording. And I think just being live and the video, and I don't know, there was something about it that it was starting to feel a little too, uh, um, I don't know, too uh, like lifted. It was too like structured in a way. And uh, I kind of needed to go back to where it because it just it, <laughs> it felt like it got to a point, especially after 10 years where there was moments where it felt like, OK, I feel like I have to be doing this and I never wanted it to get there. So when that would happen, I just take a break, take a couple weeks off and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, wait till it was feeling better again. But uh, since I kind of went back to how it started, it's been great. I've, I've been doing some of the best shows that I've done in years And uh, it's been a fantastically fun time. So I'm I'm in a really good place with it these days. So, But yeah, kids, the only place you can find me is where you can actually download an MP3 file (laughs) or stream it.
0: uh so are you on any of the uh podcast services like are you on uh, i'm on all the
2: podcast services you're gonna find me on apple spotify google amazon all those ones but you're not gonna find me on like youtube or twitch or uh doing live stuff on facebook or instagram anymore i think the closest i get to that these days is tiktok because like i'm tiktok obsessed i just love tiktok (laughs) i think it's i think it's amazing i think it's just it's all the best things I ever hoped in a social media platform, like just put together. It's people making their own celebrities. It's people making their own news. It's people sharing things that we would never, ever be able to share through like a YouTube setting, like having to kind of pre up a video sort of thing. Right. So I, I just love TikTok. I'm all about it.
1: And where did Jay has all the lightsabers? Yes, yes, he sure does. Spe- <laughs> so speaking of, let's start to say we had a little bit. Where did obviously you're a you're an OG kind of fellow as far as the trilogy goes. But where did the love for Star Wars start? I'm assuming it started the same way. It with, started with J.S. Nine when you were a kid watching the original trilogy. Yeah. Have you then? Have you progressed? Are you one of those? Are you like our buddy Crazy Mike cosplay, who's like I like the old stuff and fuck everything new, or are you a little bit more open minded with with where Star Wars is going and and where we're at now? i'm
2: hugely open-minded i am a pre-apologist i fucking love them excuse my language i don't know if i should be swearing or not but you, you uh, can swear yeah yeah i can't yeah. i can't help no, myself kids. So i yeah. apologize yeah. for my nope. for my oh, sailor yeah. mouth tonight but no, no. um okay so 1980 uh two I'm in my uncle's basement and we're watching Star Wars, the first one. I think it was like the first time ever it was on TV or something. And I was like, what the shit is this? And then my parents took me and my cousins. I was six years old and we went to see Return of the Jedi. And, uh, you know, that was it. X-Wings, lightsabers, Ewoks. I was down for all of it. Um, I grew up, you know. Liking it, but not like obsessed with it. You know, I kind of grew out of star Wars as I got actually more into comic books, uh, star Wars, sci-fi movies, you know, crawl, all that kind of good time. The Beastmaster, I grew up loving all that stuff. Um, and then when I got to like 10 to 12 is when comic books really took off for me. I'd always liked them as a kid, but when I became like, almost like a serious collector, I guess you'd say it would be around those days. And, uh, You know, always still appreciated Star Wars, but we weren't getting a lot of Star Wars. The only Star Wars we were getting, I was reading. I was reading the books and I was reading the comics. Loved them all. Everything Dark Horse was doing, fantastic stuff. So I was keeping up, but I was keeping up with a lot of stuff, right? There just weren't as many options. Um, When I was nine years old, we moved to Mississauga from St. Catharines. I was born and grew up in St. Catharines till we were nine. Then moved to Mississauga. And I remember the day we moved in, I had, uh, I can show you actually, I have to show you. Hold on. Whoa. This guy. Come on. So I had this lightsaber. I don't know if you guys remember these, but these were the, uh, yeah, I remember those. The Force lightsaber. Oh, yeah, of course. It had kind of holes in them, and yeah. it's just a long plastic tube. And yeah. when you swing these around, they go. Zoom, they make zoom. like you can hear the wind yeah. going through. So I had one of these, was jumping up and down on my bed on the very first day we were moving in, and I smashed the light fixture. And my mom took this lightsaber and cracked it over her knee, just destroyed it and threw it away cried and i cried and honestly since that day it kind of became an obsession (laughs) so when star wars was when star wars was re-released in the 90s uh it kind of brought it all back and i started remembering all the nostalgic things i loved about star wars and uh you know kind of just hopped back on board um and started buying the comics like regularly again and really like catching up on all the novels i'd missed or skipped and really got back into things and because i knew that's when they announced the prequels um then the prequels came and i love them i love them to death are you kidding hadn't had star wars in so long um and i understand it's like any star wars movie you take it with the cheese you take it with the good you take it with the bad but overall it's star wars and i've always been a jedi guy I'm not a Han guy or an Empire guy or, you know, like a Rogue Squadron guy. Like You're a lot a of may tend to be. Yeah, Empire's not my favorite Star Wars movie, whether that's blasphemy or not. I'm a Jedi guy. And, uh, you know, the prequels gave me the Jedi. I got to see the Jedi Temple. I got to see an army of Jedi all ignite their lightsabers at once, you know. I got to see Padawans. I got to see all that shit and that's what i was all about so phantom menace for me is my second favorite star wars movie oh wow! my first being return of the jedi you know and uh yeah and uh i love i love them to death i i understand the faults that they have and they carry but you know they were everything that i wanted to see and everything that i loved so you know and uh You know, overall, I think they're great. I think they're fun movies. I think they told a good story. They got to be where they were supposed to be going. And uh, that's the great thing about Star Wars is that, you know, you can be deprecating about it in a way that's still loving and fun. Right. Just it's like being deprecating with your friends, like when you're knocking on your friends or making fun of your friends. It's like Star Wars is your friend. You can make fun of it because there's lots of parts of your friend that are stupid and goofy. But overall, you love them because they're an awesome friend. And that's kind of how I look at Star Wars. You know?
1: Well, it's always been the way, too. I've always been of the opinion because Star Wars is so generational, right? Like most of the guys from our generation will tell you that it was the original trilogy. And then you've got the, the, the millennials that are all... And you know, the between the Gen Xers and the millennials that all love the prequels. And now you're going to have a new generation of kids that are all going to be into the sequels and the TV shows and everything else.
2: Which is my son. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's a Star Wars. I have
2: a, a 12 Wars... year old boy who was all about Kylo Ren. Sorry. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. There's just, there's a star there. If it, there's a Star Wars for everyone. And I've said mm. this before and I'll say this again Star Wars doesn't belong to Lucasfilm and it doesn't belong to Disney and it doesn't belong to George Lucas or anybody else or Kathleen Kennedy or John Favreau or Dave Filoni. Star Wars belongs to all of us because it's become such a cultural phenomenon across the globe for five decades now Mm -hmm. over movies comics books tv shows now like animated you name it it's become something that we can all relate to we can all take part in and yeah we we, that you'll find people like that right where people will take ownership of certain things well this is i'm 50 and the original trilogy is where it's at and fuck everything that came after that and everything else and And hey man, like I've been one of those guys. When the prequels came out, I'm like, what is this shit that I'm watching? Now I I have since had a a bit more appreciation for them, but they're still they're still not my favorite amongst the 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 scary part is that generation,
2: the original trilogy generation, they're gonna be dead soon. Hey, 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 maybe what 2038. I mean I mean the people who were adults Uh, in the seventies. I mean I mean the people who were like the 20 to 30-year-olds in the 70s are the ones who yeah. I find are the begrudging ones. It's not the kids from the 70s. The kids the kids are still cool. You know, the kids who grew up with it. We were the kids, right? Like, I was six years old when Jedi came out. I don't remember the first two. Jedi was my exposure to Star Wars. Yeah. But whenever I see people grumping on Star Wars, you know, original is the only Star Wars, I usually find they're about, you know, 15 to 20 years older than me. <laughs> it's just a general observation that I've
1: had. No, no, you know? no, that's fair. Now, as far as the current crop, so we got the sequels, and now, of course, we're into all the TV shows. Star Wars has gone the way of Star Trek, where they're clearly more focused on the television side of things than they are with the movie side of things. We haven't had anything since Rise of Skywalker. There's been talk of films that are going to be in development, are going to be coming out. Tarantino was going to do one, and Betty Jenkins was going to do one, and Colin Trevorrow was going to do one, and the guys from Game of Thrones were going to do a trilogy and then ryan johnson was gonna Thank do a trilogy God, that all went away that's what i'm saying so there's been so many things but the tv stuff has just been like they've just been cranking that shit out now you've got like a coming big up money maker though they make more oh, of money course. off
0: of the subscriptions to disney, there's for disney plus there's two exact
2: reasons for it i can give you the two reasons that it went that way and the number one reason is just the entertainment landscape where people aren't going to movies as much. They're not making as much movies and it's cheaper and easier to put it on streaming. And that's how people want to consume their entertainment now, you know, and uh, yes, movies can come out and yes, movies can be big, but maybe one every year or two is like enormous enough. Like it used to be where there were times in like the nineties or the two thousands where, you know, you could name five movies that you wouldn't believe came out the same year.
1: Well, sure because there was no other platform then right of course
2: so but it doesn't work like that anymore so i think it's just you know it they they can churn more out tv wise and number two is dave filoni because honestly like and this isn't a knock on any of those creators that were going to be involved with making those movies it's 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 Despite the fact that there were different directors of all the Star Wars movies, there was always an authoritative figure. There was always George. There was always George keeping it Star Wars. And when George went away, there was no real authoritative figure. Kathleen Kennedy, you know, great. She's an awesome producer, but she isn't immersed in thinking about this shit 24-7. She may love Star Wars and maybe even be Star Wars' biggest cheerleader but she's not going home at night laying in her bed thinking about why did this Jedi do this that time or whatever. She's just not that person where George would lay awake at night and get up and have to make a note. Dave Filoni is the project prodigal son. Like, like Lucas literally orally handed it all to him. And Filoni is for, you know, lack of a better term, the chosen one. He's the one to take over that authoritative role. So right now I think we're getting all this great TV because him and Favreau are wrangling everybody who's involved with it. And, you know, that's why it's working out so smoothly because even though you're bringing in Bryce Dallas Howard and all these amazing directors, they still got that authoritative, true executive producer over them in Filoni and Favreau. So I think once they get back to the movies, obviously I think that's, what's going to happen is they're going to let Filoni and Favreau be the authoritative figure over a whole bunch of new directors, maybe doing a new trilogy. Problem is, this is a hard subject for me because I hate to be a hater, especially, you know, I'm a prequel apologist and I know they're not like well-made movies necessarily, but the sequels were so like ramshackly put together and so disjointed that i think it did a lot of damage to the fans but in a way of it just not being well crafted or it being a coherent story do you know what i mean it was like these three separate movies that kind of barely seemed to almost have to do anything with each other and there wasn't that authoritative figure there when all three of those movies were made it was jj just going fucking nuts and, you know, J.J. Isn't, doesn't live, breathe Star Wars. He's got a whole bunch of, uh, other bunch of shit going on in his head, too. He's thinking about this he wants to do. He's probably got like nine projects he can't stop thinking about. Do you think Dave Filoni wants anything to do with anything but Star Wars? No. He doesn't. He doesn't whatever. To anything else that comes, he doesn't care how big it is. He lives and breathes Star Wars. It's his passion. Mm-hmm. And you need to have someone like that in charge of the whole thing. And that's why I'm also a little off topic, but I'm really excited about James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm really excited about James Gunn because I know James Gunn has a passion for DC Comics. And I think he's going to be that authoritative figure that keeps that throughway going through the new DC universe. Because again, it was too much studio involvement, too much producer involvement, too much just, you know, tomfoolery going on and everything got disjointed. And, uh, you know, I think it was Kevin Feige and now Filoni and Favreau who have proven to the entire industry, no, you've got to have that godhead over an IP. You can't just let a bunch of people run wild with an IP. You've got to have that one person keeping the sacred timeline. Do you know what I mean? And without that, it's going to fucking explode into a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense. And then you're going to end up with the fucking Last Jedi. <sighs> Sorry. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm very like I love all things Star Wars so much and I think everybody can love whatever they want to love, but that movie was just wrong and it shouldn't have been done. And it shouldn't they shouldn't have let him get away with it. And he may be brilliant. I know people love his other movies. I haven't seen them, but you don't do what you want with Star Wars. It's not yours. It's everybody's. You don't get to just, "Oh, I thought it'd be cool to try this." You don't try at Star Wars. You do or you do not. Like, we've been told that for 40 years. Yoda told you that, and you didn't listen. You decided to try something. And you gave me a Luke that, you know, I waited 30 years for my hero Luke to come back. I was reading legendary stories about him walking on lava and pulling Star Destroyers from the sky. And what do I get? I get this pussed out little hermit living in a fucking hut scared to do anything willing to light a lightsaber in front of his 15 year old nephew even though he was able to throw his lightsaber down in front of the emperor the most evil being the galaxy has ever seen yet then his 15 year old nephew freaks him out enough that he's willing to light the thing no no please you don't belong anywhere near star wars sorry and that's my little bit of a rant
1: You're not, I feel like
0: me and you just became best friends, bud. I was just gonna
1: say, you're not gonna get any arguments <laughs> from us on this channel. It, yeah. It's there's no question that it's the most divisive piece of Star Wars media that's ever been produced. There's there's no question, it's it made over I don't a billion dollars. The box off. It is, it is though, it is because it has I don't its think lovers. Any real
2: Star, I don't think the lovers are real Star Wars fans, I wow, think there's that's, just
1: people who like that movie. That's well, up for debate. Maybe like happy I to see
2: the rest of them. I, mean, I know some pretty yeah.
1: hardcore Star Wars people that still love that film. So yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to start labeling folks what they are and what they aren't, but it is definitely a divisive piece of media. It, it's, it's the no most divisive, yeah.
0: piece of Star Wars media ever. Right. And I think the Last Jedi started a downward spiral for Star Wars movies that I think is bringing on what we're seeing now. And the reason, or at least part of the reason, why stuff is on TV now. Because Disney is afraid to reinvest $400, $500 million into a production yeah. that's going to barely break even, right? Uh, I know people will say, oh, well, The Last yeah. Jedi they made $1.2 billion. Yeah, but when you take the the movie's budget plus the marketing budget, they barely made $300 million or $200 yeah. million on that movie.
2: Yeah, of course. You just put Star Wars on it. We're going to go see it. Even if it's shit, we're going to go see it because it's, it's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Wow. And I actually...
1: Solo my has entered favorite the chat. Of
2: the,
0: my Solo favorite of
2: the three was the last one. Was uh what was it? Revenge Rise of, Skywalker? of the Jedi? Rise. Sorry, Rise of Skywalker. Um, that was actually my favorite. I thought considering what had happened with The Last Jedi, I thought that they turned it around really well. I know it was a difficult thing, and you know, it's not the perfect movie, and there's a lot of things that I'm not thrilled about it. My 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 least favorite thing in the history of Star Wars is in that movie, yet I liked that movie. I really had a lot of fun, and I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. So, yeah, it's 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 to each their own, in a way. Yeah, right? it's
1: different strokes. For I'm a Force thing, Awakens guy, personally, like, of the three. Force Awakens yeah. is easily, and Force Awakens mm-hmm. made... Uh, t- like, if you remember when the Force Awakens trailers came out and the hype that was coming around the force awakens and the force awakens comes out and it makes nearly three billion dollar two and a half billion dollars but like everybody was going to see that movie everybody was talking about that movie everybody at that time loved it and was hyped for a new star wars trilogy and then the last jedi came out. so i'm not debating the fact that it's not i think it's a fucking travesty the last jedi but it was more than that. You don't putting out a divisive movie at that time was the worst thing you could do because all the hype that was surrounded from the Force Awakens just fucking plummeted you and died. Killed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah,
1: then and when did. it's time yeah. for Rise of Skywalker, everybody's like, "Well, what are we going to get? Are we going to get the Force Awakens or are we going to get the Last Jedi?" And it turns out we kind of got of an amalgamation of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, totally. in reality because like you said, there were things in that movie that were dreadful, and there were things that were movie that were outstanding. So it was kind of one of those like, "Well, shit." Like, now I got to kind of pick and choose what I That's why when anybody asks me, I'm like, Force Awakens here, Last Jedi somewhere in the basement, and then, like, Rise of Skywalker's kind of in the middle for me. There was enough fan service in there. I was like, oh, Lando's back. Cool. And this is like, all Mm -hmm. that's great. And then, but then there was these other elements. I was like, ugh. God, let's drag yeah. poor old Palpatine's See, I, broken bones out here one last fucking time to try to make this a thing. Ugh.
2: Yeah, you know. What, that oh, and she's his granddaughter. Oh, that makes sense. Because, let's do that. You done. Well, fuck. yeah, I was already used to the idea of Palpatine coming back because mm. of the the books, right? Like he right. came back right away in the books. You know, the whole cl- Clone Saga back then, and the thing for me was. As much as the force is ridiculous and it's magical, it's always been grounded in a certain list of unspoken rules. You know, as as all-powerful as the force is, you can still kind of only go so far. And then in this movie, they went ahead and force-teleported a lightsaber. I cannot... Jive with that. I can jive force. with By Luke. By the way, the
1: force healing too was like a big thing as well at the time. Because everybody's like, I, force, hi-
2: force healing's another thing I'm used to. It's been around for years. In it the legacy stuff, didn't...
1: but nothing in the canon stuff. Yeah.
2: Nothing in the canon at all. No. Well, a little bit in Clone Wars. In the, in oh, the was cartoon. there something Clone they're Wars? Little, okay. A
1: little bit. But well, not there was to
0: a that little extent. bit in that one episode where they're on um, the Force Planet.
2: Uh, Ilum Yeah.
0: Yes, uh, where they meet the father and uh, the son and the daughter, oh, the light and the, the dark, yes.
1: the Clone Wars nerds yeah. coming out of the woodwork now. Shit, so cool.
2: I love oh, that yeah. shit too. I'm and gonna, that's gonna that's all. Check awful myself loaded,
1: right? out of this conversation. You boys, no. go ahead.
2: <laughs> but it's like it's just it's it's like there's certain things I don't know. It's like they just it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Some like there's some things that they decided to do that just didn't feel right that I feel like somebody who's lived and breathed Star Wars for 30 years just wouldn't have done. Like I'm actually far more down with Luke even though I think he should have came. I'm I'm more comfortable with a a force fight from far away in your mind like a force, you know, illusion than I am actually literally teleporting Uh, uh, you know a solid object through the force that's that's like teleporter technology that's star trek shit it doesn't belong in my star wars and that kind of irks me a little bit but you have to be forgiving because now we've got these movies that are these tv shows that are literally like in front of our faces like with absolutely zero shame fixing everything Like, Filoni, he might as well put out a tweet saying, I'm fixing everything. Like, because that's literally what he's doing. Well, he's apparently
0: developing a a new movie.
2: And it's making me feel better, you know? Like, some of these shows, because it's very difficult to interweave canon that's already there. Like, even if you take all the legacy and legend shit out of it, you've still got a lot of things that are cemented that are hard to deal with. Like, how do we make Vader and Kenobi fight again? Even though you know in the movie they say this, this, and this, well, we better make not you know you know how much trouble they had to go through to make sure that young young Luke didn't lay eyes on a lightsaber, right? Like if you think about it, like that was you know they couldn't just have him running away in Kenobi when he's running away from the the third sister there, mm-hmm. you know he can't see her lightsaber because he specifically says in A New Hope he doesn't know what a lightsaber is he's never seen one before. So, you know, I it, one I wonder if they caught that in the script or did they catch that in shooting? Because that's the kind yeah, of Filoni's thing. Faloni's a master of that. that. Exactly. You gotta right? remember so Filoni, that's why you need that authoritative figure. Yeah. Yes. yes.
0: Filoni crafted yeah. a whole story between two movies.
2: Right? It's masterful. Literally yeah.
0: crafted a whole story between two movies that actually ends in the middle of the second movie, right? Or the third yeah. movie technically. And like. it's it's filling it gets...
2: so many voids. Like even Andor, which I didn't love, I thought was okay, but I absolutely understand why everybody loved it. Like it makes it was super well made. I can appreciate that absolutely. Like I I I get the hype. I may not emotionally personally feel the hype, but I I totally get it and I totally respect it. But where there were moments where like in the guy's antique shop, when you know there's a there's a Jedi Temple Guard helmet. In his shop. Right? Like like if it's you look close to shit zone. like that. There's that as well. But there's also a Jedi guard. Oh, really? I didn't aspect. notice that. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, I just love that, man. It's super cool. Cause even so, even like, even though that whole show didn't, you know, grab me like it's grabbed most, there were still cool moments in there for me. There's right? a lot of Which Easter eggs in just, his show. That's all felony there's a lot yeah, of Easter eggs yeah. in his shop.
0: There's a Sith and Jedi holocron sitting on a shelf. Uh, and they're big, too. I didn't expect them to look yeah. as big as they look. Uh, yeah. What was the other thing, too? There's a Oh, there's a Mandalorian armor. There's a Beskar armor in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was... Uh, there was another thing, too, that I was like, oh, that's...
2: I can't remember right now, but there was a bunch. But yeah,
0: yeah it, 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 I, I geeked out a lot when I saw... The Antique Store. Um, Mm -hmm. I just found that Andor was a good show. I actually enjoyed the show for what it was. It just wasn't very Star Wars to me. You can't just slap Stormtroopers and call somebody Mon Mothma and say, It's Star Wars. It really feels Star Wars to me, right? That was my real issue with that show. It was a little slow. Especially the first bit. It's a little long. Yeah. I mean, the guy spent four episodes in fucking jail. Like I mean, come on, man. You couldn't have done that in all in like one yeah. episode.
2: I can respect it though, because there is an audience for that slow thriller there spy. Is. Don't get me wrong, there is. And if they want if they want their Star Wars that way, I am super down with it. Because you know what? That show didn't mess with anything. I can mm-hmm. watch that show, enjoy it or not enjoy it, but there's nothing for me to get pissed off about because nobody decided to try what they wanted with the story or with the characters yeah someone was like you know what i'm gonna try doing a thriller version of star wars this is i this is my spy show i want to do it serious super dramatic new shots new everything but i'm not gonna fuck with the star wars of it at least the story i'm not gonna take some characters and make them do things they should have never done i can appreciate that you know what i mean well very much
1: well, they're locked in yeah. canon, though, right? Like this is another one of the, those examples, and, and one of my main problems with the latest batch of Star Wars shows is that we're just we're just picking and choosing points within the nine films that time frames that we haven't seen on screen. So we got to fill this time gap. So we've got a time gap between before Rogue One, but after Episode Three. So we better fill that time gap with something. So we're going to show Andor and and Luthien and and Mon Mothma putting okay, together. So you're hold on, hold you've... on. Let me make my point. Hold on. Let me make my okay. point so you 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 are a bit locked into canon you already know how this ends because you've seen rogue one you know exactly where this goes you know what happens to every character you're going to meet you already know what happens with the sequels they don't have any of those nets they don't have any of those safeties they have nothing they have to craft something brand new from scratch using existing people and products and things and places but you've got to tell a new story because you're not locked into canon. You don't know where it's going to end. It doesn't go somewhere where the audience already knows and you're just holding their hand on the journey. Like Solo. Like all those. Like Rogue One. You knew what was going to happen at the end of Rogue One. Leia turns. The mm-hmm. ship goes by. You already know that's going to happen. So you're safe. Because there's only so much you can fuck around and do. Because you can't fuck with the canon. The sequels, they can do whatever they want. And it turned out they want to take a big old shit on Star Wars and on Luke Skywalker in that second movie. But I feel like there was too much freedom at that point, kind of like what you're trying to say, like, because they were literally just, we're going to try whatever we're going to try, and that's what's going to happen. But they didn't have that safety net of, well, this is a story in between two other stories that we've already told, so we're kind of locked into what we can do.
2: Yeah. Well, this is my general idea of where it's going, because I don't think people realize that we are in a MCU phase one situation right now where this is absolutely all building to something and a lot of people are thinking okay they're making cool stories and they're filling in these gaps because they think they will want these characters back but no this is a large puzzle that's slowly coming together and is going to culminate in ezra bridger being the new face of the star wars universe i agree and, Ezra Bridger is gonna be
0: the new face. All three ones is gonna be the new heel.
2: Absolutely. That's and where they're going. I've been saying gonna, that for a week.
1: Face and heel. It's you gonna be dropping wrestling terms over here yeah. you they're so adorable. Yeah. That's where it's going.
2: So we're gonna get new movies where Ahsoka Tano is gonna be your Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Ezra Bridger is gonna be your. Well, actually, no, Ahsoka will probably be dead. Because I, I think at some point there'll have to be a time jump because what's going to happen now is they've already with Ahsoka, Ezra Bridger is coming back. Thrawn's going to come back and they're going to set all this up. I think it's also going to spin out with, uh, you know, I'm sure the Mandalorian Wars, that whole thing is going to have something to do with it all. But they're going to have to get to a point where basically I think Ray and... Time, that's a different time frame. It's like 30 years War after.
0: happens before the original trilogy
2: i think it's just gonna get tied in somehow they're not gonna basically they're not gonna let like the uh there may be new mandalorians or something but they're not gonna let the dark saber die basically when it comes to the future but i think we'll get an older ezra bridger because he'll come back in ahsoka which is what is it five ten years after jedi or whatever right and uh eventually they'll get back to the movies and the movies will probably center around a grown-up you know, whatever, 40, 50 year old Ezra Bridger, maybe he gets a Padawan. I don't know. I don't want to make those like super detailed calls. But right now, it seems pretty damn obvious that they're building to, you know, because uh, Ahsoka Tano is the face of Star Wars right now. that She's the Luke, and that's who everybody loves and erica yeah, says so when he ahsoka dies riot. i i can't exactly. see them to Ahsoka. i'm right. not
1: gonna lie to you i mean they're giving her own show i'd be pretty sure sh- and it's rosario dawson dude, but we
2: know so. unfortunately due to rise of skywalker we know ahsoka's dead because her voice appears to ray at the end she hears ahsoka's voice amongst all the other dead jedi so, unfortunately, by that time, we do know that Ahsoka is dead.
1: By the sequel's time. Yeah, Why? yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, by yeah, the yeah.
2: sequel's yep. time. But yep, yep. Ezra could easily be, like, what is, like, like what's he going to be? Like, he's a young kid, right? Is he maybe 15 or something in the Rebels oh, he might cartoon? be even younger than that.
1: Well, they're going to so have to spend add... some time building this kid up, though, right? Because for all of yeah, us so nerds that been watch Rebels, years. which I have. Exactly, haven't. yeah. They're gonna to have to introduce him soon if they want to start building him as the future face of if if that's the if that's the ultimate plan, right? Like Thrawn, at least uh, they've referenced, right? At least Ahsoka on Mandalorian is like, where is that Grand yeah. Admiral Thrawn? And and a lot of people went, who? Because I know Rebels didn't have yeah. like as big of a viewership as as Clone mm-hmm. Wars and as the rest of the Star Wars media. So if they're gonna bring Ezra in, they're gonna make him the silly. face of. They they better do it quick because we're yeah. four shows in and we still haven't seen this cat. He hasn't even been referenced so.
0: Oh, he's going to have to figure something Ahsoka. out with Rey, I know he's been cast in Ahsoka. Oh, yeah, That's cool. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, the show is called Ahsoka. So, I mean, is that just going to be like, we're going to kind of spood feed you this kid for a bit just to kind of get you familiar with, and then we'll break him off and make him sort of the lead? Or I think so. Probably. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: All right. uh, Ed's asking, isn't Ezra the same age as Luke and Leia? Yeah, I think he's very close in age. Because I think Ezra right. yeah. was... Sorry, not Ezra. Uh, his master. Um... Kanan.
2: Kanan, Kanan. J- So Kanan Jarrus, yeah. So Kanan, Kanan was a kid was, during
0: Order 66.
2: Yes, and then grew up. So I think it's like five, ten years that Rebels takes place after uh, episode three, right?
0: Well, Rebels was early in the... It's like it's before and, yeah. or, and so i think because how old's the
2: guy that they cast now i think he seemed like a 20-ish year old he seems like a 20s, young actor but he doesn't yeah. seem like a little kid so you know around that age throw 30 years on the kid you know he could be what 50 60 years old which is the age that luke was in the last in the sequels right no, so ezra could pretty much ezra, last
0: yeah when we see ezra he's gonna be luke's age yeah. so he's gonna be in like his 30s and
2: and wouldn't it be cool if ray found a teacher in ezra Mm-hmm. you know, because I don't see how they go on and ignore Ray. You can't have Ray running around the galaxy and just, Oh, we forgot about her. Here's some new Jedi for some new sequels. Well, you're gonna I don't have see to cut, how they can do that. You're going to
1: have to cut Daisy really a pretty big fucking check to get her back yeah. into that. Yeah. yeah. Into that franchise. They, they have to I, at
2: least address it. Even if they pay her enough, just to cameo back and figure something out. But I think that, but here's the thing too. A lot of people are more willing to come back under Filoni. Now, these days, things are a lot more set. You know what I mean? Maybe even two, three years ago or a little more, I don't know if they could have got Obi-Wan made. you know. I don't know if Ewan would have been okay with coming back to it. But thankfully, after The Mandalorian, I think they could get anybody they want at this point. Right? Like, after the success of all these shows, you know, I mean, what do we got? Pablo Hidalgo stayed in the world. Ezra was born on Empire Day when Palpatine formed the Galactic Empire. Makes sense. Yeah. So... There you they're go. about the same age. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, they're about the same age then. So yeah, it could easily be around, but it's—I just don't see how you move on and ignore Ray. Like I just don't see how it's done, right?
0: Well, I mean, at this point in the in the like the Felony timeline, Ray hasn't been born yet.
1: Right, because we're what five years post Jedi-ish.
0: Yeah, like seven years post Jedi right now. So I think somewhere
1: around out. there. Yeah, so
0: I just I, I
2: hope they move on at some point. I don't want to spend the next twenty years now filling in the gap between, you know, all the shows and Rise of Skywalker. Unfortunately, Jay, Lincoln's, I think
0: that's what right? we're going to be getting like, for the next long while. Uh,
2: Killing me. It's killing me. That's why Andor
1: is killing me, because the same thing, it's filling a gap between two stories that we already know. So there's no I don't really have much invested in Andor Mm -hmm. as to see how the rebellion comes together and everything else. Like I get it, I know what's gonna happen, but at least with the Mandalorian time. The problem, Jay, is that their key character right now is still the Mandalorian and his timeline is five years, six years, seven years post Jedi. And so whatever they're going to do, they're going to keep focusing on Dinjarin because he's their money right now. Like
2: Oh yeah. As much sure. as everybody wants to because... prop
1: up Andor and be like, oh, this is the show and adult and blah blah blah, it's mature and yada yada. It's still the Mandalorian. There, none of this happens without the Mandalorian being a massive hit that yeah. it was yeah. and still for is sure. right. 100%. So he is gonna be the focus moving forward continually. And same with Pedro Pascal, he's becoming a giant fucking star. And now it's been revealed that for season three, he's almost never in the suit. He's almost doing exclusively voiceover because he was off shooting The Last of Us for HBO. So he doesn't even have to be there to be the Mandalorian. They can keep utilizing him, just cutting him a check, yeah. just bring him into a studio for a couple of days to record all his lines. Yeah. Dude, this thing is just going to print money. Like it's So he's going to be the oh, yeah. focus. There's no question in my mind. They're not just going to cast him off to jump 30 years forward in the timeline mm. just to get into the sequel age. But I don't know, man.
2: And we can't forget about, like, we've got another 800 years of Grogu right like it's not like grogu is going anywhere yeah that's right like and well, like grogu grogu's going to be barely
0: any oh, older hold on. by the time of the
2: well,
1: sequel is going to give you a theory it. hold on
0: so for one my first thing, well, my first it. thing is that when we're talking about the mandalorian the mandalorian i don't think refers to din Djarin at all the mandalorian actually refers to grogu because we've okay. seen that grogu has left the jedi temple to go rejoin with Mando, right? So Mm. he's not actually going to become a Jedi. Um, So it's going to be very, very hard to keep telling Grogu stories. I think really, let's be honest, Grogu's the face of Star Wars right now, right? For the last four or five years, Grogu's been the face of Star Wars. It's going to be hard to keep doing Grogu stories without keeping Mando around. So we're going to see them, I think. They're going to get seven, eight, nine, ten seasons of The Mandalorian. They're going to push it right into, I think, the sequels. They're going to keep milking that cat. They can't not. They can't not. Well,
2: yeah, Grogu, you can tell a million Grogu stories. They may not be Jedi stories, but, you know, he can be wandering the galaxy as his own bounty hunter self for for decades, right? But you can't ignore the fact that he's going to be... Terrible. as strong in the force that he Awful. is like that's what his species is just that way
1: right Ugh. and yeah well he so, had been trained the they, 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 they had realized he had had some training he wasn't just naturally naturally gifted but he still had to have some training oh, to yeah. do even the Lots limited things that he's done he but mm-hmm. yeah. now he's kind of cast that off because he wants to hang out with daddy mando and I yeah. mean, who can blame him just blasting around the galaxy in that cool ass new ship of his and yeah you know. Oh, I love the, whatever it is you're going to do now. I love, I love the, the new Nebu ship too, but clearly that's
0: been modified.
1: Clearly his bounty hunting days are over because he's got nowhere to put bounties now. Oh, uh, he's
0: going to get a new ship. Don't worry about that. Yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. get a new cargo ship. That's truck.
1: when I knew that everything was going to be okay was
2: because of the Razor Crest. The second I saw the Razor Crest and was like that's a clone transport ship. I was like the first thing I'm seeing is a prequel ship. I knew it was going to be okay. Cause that was the first thing I saw. Everybody was like, Oh, it looks so old star Wars. It looks so proper star Wars. It's Mandalorian, blah, blah. blah." And then I see a fucking clone transport ship and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if people even realize how many prequel equal uh, Easter eggs are in those first couple of episodes. It's chock full of them, which was so cool. And so, you know, that's kind of when I felt a sigh of relief. Like, they're going to bridge things nicely here I think. I think it's all going to come together. But, you know,
1: who knows what happens.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, when you look We're kind
1: at of this... all beyond the pale now, right? Like who yeah. the hell knows. Well, when you actually look I have at a what's giant
0: out, it's it's a little bit all over the place. So, let's go through the list quickly, okay? So, Bad Batch season 2 is actually out now. Uh episode 1 and first 2. First episode's great.
2: Sorry. First two are great. I watched the first two I episodes. I haven't watched them
0: yet. Uh, yeah. But that's out now. That's Clone Wars era. That's Order, post-Order 66. Uh, yes. Mando Season 3 is coming out in March. That's Mando era. Uh, yeah. Young Jedi Adventures, which is a new animated show coming out that Filoni and Favreau are not involved in. That's
1: prequel yeah, era. Uh,
0: there's a new seasons of Visions that is coming out. And Visions, as you know, oh, is so all sorts so of good. just random stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then we've got Ahsoka That's also coming out this year There's no date yet Mando era Skeleton Crew From my understanding Is going to be uh, a Original Trilogy era yeah. No date yet And then there's Acolytes Which was supposed to be High Republic But it looks oh. like that might be pushed back to 2024 now <laughs> Not Old oh, Republic, oh, sorry oh, High Republic
2: oh, oh, High oh, Republic
0: yeah um i'm
2: i'm so excited for the acolyte like as much as i'm thrilled for ahsoka coming oh i'll be patient because it's going to give me everything i want it's going to be a jedi tv show bro finally oh god
0: the point i'm trying to make is is it's timeline wise they're all it looks like they're still going to be all over the place
2: Right? Oh yeah, they're going to shoot um, all over the place. Yeah. And
0: and I'm kind of okay with that. I don't I don't mind Star Wars being all over the place because what that means no, is No, not if, at all. If there's something that I don't like over here, there'll be other stuff that I'll, I'll surely like. And there's so yeah. much Star Wars coming out over the next year. There's going to be some Star something Star Wars for everybody, let's be honest, right?
1: See. I uh
2: Hopefully. I have I have a theory. This was a dream that uh, was actually originally a fan fiction of mine, just from daydreaming. But it seems that the world may be catching up to my daydream. Um, Because as we've heard Mace Windu, Sam Jackson, say himself, there's no reason really that that Mace Windu has to be dead for any reason. Mm -hmm. All we did was see him fly out of a window, right? So what if Mace Windu survives? What if Mace Windu takes with him a Padawan as a contingency. He takes this Padawan into exile with him and teaches that Padawan, the ways of the Jedi to continue the Jedi order. Cause he never trusted in the chosen one. He never trusted in the prophecy. Mace Windu was the kind of straight laced, hard ass motherfucker who would have a contingency plan for this kind of situation, whether it's a secret Padawan or special Padawan or something. So I have always been like, that's how you continue Star Wars. You show an old Mace Windu 30 years after he fell out that window, having survived, but old, and having raised another Padawan who has become a Jedi, who's maybe even taken Padawan to himself. And they are continuing the order. So as Yoda was in exile training Luke, Mace is off somewhere training someone else. And those are the people that you base the new sequels on. So there's easy ways to get through and around this, but Mace Windu and, and Sam Jackson have you know talked about this enough times and they're doing crazy enough stuff now that if you can bring Darth Maul back as many times as you have, you can bring Mace Windu back. And you know Sam Jackson would be down for it. So I, I think there's a very, 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 very good chance that some project coming forth will involve Mace Windu. It's too obvious of a bridge it's too much of a talked about subject to to you know not be all over so that's kind of my big theory i don't see mace windu being ignored forever i don't see him not coming back at some point
0: are you guys aware of who um, star wars theory is
1: yes the youtuber i don't think so yes star I'm wars aware. theory
0: big massive youtube channel actually he's got a number of different youtube channels now um he out of pocket spent $400,000 to make a fan movie called Vader. Oh yeah, episode I did see Vader. One. Yep. You've seen it. Yep. Uh episode 2 which they've already got a tra- like a trailer out if you will and some cinematic out would be Mace Windu. So the clones have found Vader. Uh, have found Mace uh in Vader's search for any remaining Jedi. They found Mace Windu Uh... and he goes and faces against Mace Windu. Uh, Go check it out. Uh, It's, it's pretty neat. If you haven't seen Vader guys, star Wars theory, go check it out. It's amazing. Vader episode one and look (laughs) up the episode two information. It's pretty neat. Like they've got some CG cinematics already. And like, it's, it's gonna be neat because they're
2: also being smart, like that guy who on his own on the internet who fixed the de-aging for Luke and Mandalorian, they mm-hmm. immediately hired that fucking yeah, guy. He
0: now works for right? Disney. Yeah,
2: yeah. And when you you saw the Vader versus Obi-Wan a New Hope fight redone, yeah. Did you see I the, see the new version? Mm-hmm. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Are you kidding? It's it's amazing that the best lightsaber fight ever is not in a Star Wars movie. It's it's that it's that thing there. I don't Whatever know. What was it
0: called? The duel of the fates was a really good uh, lightsaber that's fight. That's my
2: favorite of all time. And the reason that that's my favorite of all time because it's the new sped up version and techniques, but it's also not to the point yet where they fell in love with making sparks and flashes come off lightsabers. And that was the problem in episode 2 and 3. Was too much sparky, sparky. Too much close-up, blurry, fighty shots. Whereas Phantom Menace was all open ballet. It was wide shots of these great figures doing these great, wide, open, swinging movements. And I that makes it my favorite for sure. But there's been amazing stuff done.
1: No question. No question. Yeah. Well.
0: But yeah. We've been on for over an they hour did? before we do log off. Uh, you know, uh and we have to come back to an elegant weapon. With all of the elegant weapons behind you, I'm gonna put you on the spot now, Jay. Which one's your favorite?
2: <laughs> um, okay. Do you want my fate oh, there's there's favorites for different reasons. Okay. So I guess I'd have to say hmm. I have to show you this one let me show you this one it's very special
0: oh my god he's climbing up on his friggin wall
2: okay so this is this is my favorite probably for nostalgia reasons It's also my most expensive piece in my entire collection. It's worth enough money that I probably should have it encased, but I don't yet. This is a 1985 Droids cartoon lightsaber. I've never seen that. From Kenner. It's mint, still in box. Maybe not mint, but it's got the old Kmart sticker there. You'll notice it's still, uh, it's not punched, right? Um, so it's also, it's even rarer because it's green and it's not the purple one that you usually got on a box, right? So this is very, 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 very special to me. But uh, then there's other reasons. Like the one I showed you earlier is very sentimental just because it's the one I had as a kid. Um, and then my favorite one to look at is my master replicas, Obi-Wan, uh, weather lightsaber. Cause everything on every little detail on it is movie accurate. So I can look at that thing and see every little scratch and dent, you know? And then there's like, say the, the first Obi-Wan I bought, uh, when they came out for Phantom Menace, when they started selling lightsabers again, uh, that one's super special to me just cause it was like the beginning. Right. So those are my favorites, but, uh, yeah, it's been a, a long love affair with, with, with these laser swords. I just love them. <laughs> so I don't
0: know that there's one that tops Vader's lightsaber for me. I there's something about it. It's,
2: good saber. It's simple. It's, it's straightforward. It's, uh, you know, yeah. it's, uh, just what it needs to do.
0: How, how is this not the perfect lightsaber? Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. 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 God. I um, like
2: I like the fact that it's basically he didn't change his lightsaber other than the black top like it's, it's pretty much it's his original very graphics. very much and then he
0: yeah yeah
2: Yeah. well it's so funny he, because, he stuck with what worked for him right
0: yeah it's like okay well let me let me buy another flash handle and make another <laughs> I know that's a yeah, yeah, end yeah. story but you know it's 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 just funny that yeah it's basically the same lightsaber but. With yeah. The
2: black bits. With the black head. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh yeah. Actually we were speaking about him earlier. This is Ezra's right here. There you go. That's this a I lightsaber last year. And it's got the blaster and this one shoots little darts. So when I have little darts and I can actually shoot them out. Lots
0: of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first it's time a- we saw that in Star Wars as well, like a dual purpose lightsaber that was not only a lightsaber, mm-hmm. it was also a blaster. Uh, we uh, that before.
2: I got to, okay, Roger Christian is the, uh, the original set director, basically, for the original Star Wars. He was the first man hired by George Lucas to work on Star Wars. Uh, he won an Academy Award for uh, set design and such for the original Star Wars. Uh, he also did Alien, uh, and a few other flicks. So this guy's a big deal, right? He built the first lightsaber. He built the first R2. Uh, imagine being the first guy like hired on Star Wars. So anyways, he lives in Toronto. Oh, really? And I got to have dinner with him uh, just before the pandemic. And he told me the entire story of how he made the first ever lightsaber in existence. And it was amazing. Yeah, George basically said, I need a laser sword. And he went down to his friend's junk shop and just started looking around for shit. And he's like, you got anything interesting? And his buddy, this was in, in, in England, right? And his buddy was like, I got a few boxes under the table over there. Go take a look. And he pulls out a box, and it's a whole box full of Graflex handles. For anybody out there who may not know, the original lightsaber, like Luke's lightsaber, is a Graflex camera flash-like handle. Like remember when you had the old picture, the old cameras, and you had to hold up a flash and go, Psh! it was one of those. Um, and he had a whole box of them, so he took this box home and just started gluing and sticking and you know putting stuff together. And he said he made a couple of them, and he took them to George, and George picked that one. And uh, but it, it was it's just amazing to sit there and hear him tell me the story of you know going to his friends and looking around and. Sticking all the little doodads on and this and that. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So, and that happened because I hit record, kids. One day I decided to hit record. And 10 years later, I'm having dinner with the man who built the first lightsaber. So, show you, you know, like I said earlier, take a shot, shoot for the stars, and crazy shit can happen. And congratulations on you guys, uh, to you guys for doing the same. Like jumping into this and going full bore. And you guys are obviously passionate about this and having a great time. And that's the most important thing. If I can impart anything to you guys, just keep having fun. It's the only reason to be doing this. It's the only reason anybody should be doing this. I've watched podcasts go from the most interesting conversations I've ever heard in my life to people just wanting to make money. And it just makes me sad. And, you know, that's not what this art form originally was for. It was for conversation. And uh, you know, I really appreciate that you guys come at it from that angle. You know what I mean? So good on you, fellas. Hey, Thank we you, appreciate
0: you and cu- you coming on to the show.
2: Loved nice it. Movie. Anytime. Please have me back. I love attention so much.
1: <laughs> why don't you? Uh,
0: why don't you pitch their uh, your socials and where they can find you, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh, it's basically an elegant weapon everywhere, uh, with little variations. So on, uh, you can find there's uh, an elegant weapon page. You know what? Just go to an elegant weapon.ca. There you go. You go to an elegant, www.anelegantweapon.ca. Uh, that's my main site there where it's got links to all my socials. We're on Instagram. Again, we're having a lot of fun. Please, if you're going to check out anything, please check out the TikToks just because I'm having fun. Like a lot of fun doing TikTok. Uh, and I just want to see what people think and get on the groove because it's really cool that it's kind of very back and forth TikTok. Uh, but, you know, an elegant weapon wherever, all around. You can subscribe anywhere and you'll find me. I'm going to go and follow you yeah. on
0: TikTok right now.
2: And uh, very soon, uh, you guys will have to stay tuned as we will definitely have to get you two gentlemen to come on my show next and have a big old swap pod. Um, so please, please
1: know Definitely.
2: that the invitation is open because, uh, I like to talk. Sweet. You guys are fine people to talk to. Anytime. Aww, anytime. Of course.
1: Absolutely. I've already been on. I'm happy to come back and drag JS with me. hundred percent. I mean, yeah,
0: Jeff's the real. Yeah. You've helpless, been on a couple times you know? now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you're one. doing all right, man. I'm old hat. Well, things. you know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> trying here for over the here. Face. We're, oh, how out. do you guys
2: know each other? Where did you guys like, have you guys always known each other or? no we've known each other now for a few
0: years anyway like six or seven years now
1: maybe yeah probably yeah i met at a little little tiny con yeah a little tiny con in oshawa actually i was there with my partner teresa and we were we were doing like a photo booth setup kind of thing so we were working the con and js showed up with a friend of his the guy that runs cosplay alliance and we met then. We talked briefly, and everything was cool. And they were like, you know, we ex- exchanged like socials and like, yeah, cool cosplay. And then mm-hmm. JS had an idea to do like a geek and nerd based cosplay or um, geek and nerd based podcast show during the pandemic. And he reached out to me and he's like, hey man, I need a co-host. Are you down? I was like, yeah, of course. And love it. That love was it. a year and a half the,
2: ago, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, the uh, year? a year. Yeah, going on a year and a half. Actually,
1: yeah, going, going on a yeah. year. Going yeah. on two years. I love yeah, the yeah, combo
2: yeah. vibe. Between you guys, because it's as if Jeffrey Dean Morgan and burt Kreischer started the podcast <laughs> vibe I get going on here, and I love it. I think it's great. That's not bad actually.
1: That's not. No, don't, don't look up who burt Kreischer is. Don't do it. You're not going to be happy. Oh yeah, I don't don't know, don't know the machine. The machine. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally just saw him. I, I saw he was. He came to London like two months ago. I just saw his show. It was great.
2: Oh, that must have been great! No, it
1: was fantastic, and he ended with the machine story. Oh, no, it was fantastic. And
2: oh, he has so his own podcast, too, doesn't
1: he? Oh, the Bert Cast. Yeah, oh, yeah. Burtcast, There you go. He's yeah. also
2: got the one I love with uh, Segura. Two bears, Two bears, one cave. It's
1: my absolute Two favorite bears thing one to listen cave. to. It's fucking great. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I love that those those guys all do it the same way. They're podcasting for the same reasons that you know everybody should be. Is they're just having a blast hanging oh, yeah. out with their friends. You know, just having fun with that yeah. for
1: sure.
0: And, and it's mm-hmm. funny you say that because that's really what it's been for us. It's just been an opportunity to just hang out and chat and yeah. meet people. And and through it, like you, we've been able to meet people, right? right. Like we met yeah. Ricardo last yeah. year. We met right uh, Dane and Dakota, the guys from Prey. We, you know, like it's been.
1: Matt Taylor, uh, Matt Taylor, he was yeah, on the show. Yeah, yeah. Ben ben Matt Taylor was on the ben show. Ben Edie, yeah, 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 uh, yeah all twice. kinds of cool shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so yeah, it's been it's been really fun that way for sure.
1: It's been a ride. Yeah. Only which, way only way to go it up from here, boys. Yeah,
0: which, by the way, talking about yeah. the show, uh, next week, guys, uh, we've got Jane Hustle living the dream coming back um, along with Chris. Um, Chris is the head of, God, I forget what the name of the company is now. They're the guys that run GameCon. And uh, GameCon is happening oh. in Calgary this summer. So they're going to be on the show right. next week. Uh, we're going to be all about GameCon, what it's all going to be about. They're going to do their hour sales pitch. Uh, uh, Living the Dream is going to have a lot to tell us because they're going to be running a cosplay competition. They've got some very, very, very big cosplayers like international cosplayers that are gonna be judges. Um, like there's a lot of stuff going on. We're gonna get some exclusive information out, actually. We will be spilling the beans on some Game Con stuff <laughs> next week. So guys, you'll wanna make sure that you check us out next week. It'll be a good show. Like I said at the top of the show, if you're not already following us, make sure you click that follow button below. Give us a like. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, give us a like there as well. You know, I'm sure you've got a way to like or follow or whatnot. If you actually want to follow us, you can go on geekboutique.podbean.com. That's our official podcast uh, site.
2: Oh, are you guys on the Podbean too? We're on Podbean as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coming up in March, I will be making my official 11th year renewal with Podbean. Wow. 11 years on Podbean. eh? Eleven years on Podbean, so if you're watching Podbean, I get it. I better get some kind of badge or sticker. Or yeah, some. It's
0: a great platform. I mean, for the money and and the I love and the have. fact that it yeah. pushes out automatically. Like you don't have to do anything. Like it's it's fantastic. I love it. I love it.
2: And it's grown uh, over the years. Like when has. I started, it was very very basic. You couldn't do any of that crap. Your only choice was Apple. Like, for many years, you were on Podbean and you were on Apple, and that's all you had. Yeah. And now, yeah, now when you go, there's, like, 12 different things. You can be like, sign me up.
0: Yeah, now you can be on all of them <laughs> now through Podbean, right? So that's yeah, what gave us awesome. access to Spotify. If it wasn't for Podbean, we wouldn't be able to be on yeah. Spotify, yeah. right? So yeah, exactly. that's yeah, what yeah. really gave us the access. So, guys, if you're watching us, thank you very much. I think that's going to be it for today. Actually, that's not true. Jeff, anything else you want to
1: no, no, no. We're just no. gearing up for. uh We're gearing up for March. So we're March on to Comic beans. Con. Yeah, let's no, no, no. beans. Just well, yet. no, we no, but we've talked about what we're doing on uh, Friday, right? We
0: did. uh You've already did. talked okay, about. that so, so maybe so... for people that don't know, Friday of Comic Con, we are doing a Star Trek Day. um It will be whatever. I mean, yeah. You, bring if your faces, you Like new worlds. If you want to be yeah. next gen.
1: You want to be from the movies, matter. monster maroon. We don't care. Any it doesn't matter. Star Trek, bring your Star Trek out on Saturday. We're going to have our friend uh, Richard there uh, in his cosplay as a, as a centerpiece. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have some next gen people. We're going to have some strange to worlds people. We're going to have some movie people, mm-hmm. you name it. If you've got Trek gear and you want mm-hmm. to come out, come out on Friday. That's what we're doing. And then we'll let you guys know what Saturday. You'll want sure to make sure you come through. out on
0: Friday. And if you don't, if you want to know what's behind the badge, I'll leave it at that. Uh huh. And that will be it for this week, guys. Make sure you stay geeky. We'll see you next week.
1: Peace.